We're getting back on track here with Catherine and Emily, but as you know, we won't stay there for long because this is the Going Off Track podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Going Off Track podcast. I'm Catherine, that's Emily, and that was a kind of boring weekend with a really ridiculous ending, don't you think? Completely agree. It was very mundane, very like, oh, Max, oh, okay, okay. Wait, what? <laughs> as soon as stuff was coming out yesterday, I was freaking out. Well, not like freaking out, but I was like, wait, what's going on? What's going on? What's yeah. going on? So, uh, yeah. yeah, nothing like nothing like the FIA to uh, provide some drama. So can't wait to see this Drive to Survive episode. Oh, oh yeah. So, and so we're recording this, it is Monday morning, yes. um, and we fortunately are re- recording this Monday because we probably would have been done um, recording um, if we were recording this as scheduled, but we did not delay recording because of this disqualification incident that we will dive very deep into. Emily, why are we recording on Monday? Because um, I was traveling again. <laughs> It seems to be a common theme, but I was doing really That's okay. well. I, d- I didn't travel for a really long time, and now I have a bunch of people coming into town, and so I'm traveling, like, every single weekend, so we're back to, you know, where in the world is Emily podcasting from, except last night was, uh, when we were about to record, we, all of this kind came up, so we just waited till today to do it, so... Yeah, and you're living in Argentina, so why wouldn't you be traveling? Exactly. Well, and especially when Mendoza's like an hour and 15 minute flight away, I just got to go all the time. So that's usually where I go. It's amazing. And from the pictures I've seen, it looks beautiful. It is beautiful. I'm obsessed. I've gone like, everyone's like, is this your first time? And I was like, uh, How? no, it's like my 12th. And they're like, oh, do you live here? And I was like, well, not in Mendoza, but in Buenos Aires. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, why do you come so much? I'm like, because it's beautiful and I like wine. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, I'm being like shamed into all of my travels. But whatever. how dare you enjoy wine? The audacity. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so you guys are lucky that I chose to travel again so that we can do a full recap on what happened at the United States Grand Prix at Cota. Sponsored by Lenovo. Let's just keep throwing acronyms and names in there. Yeah. These races have the most ridiculous names, but anyways. Do you have a good weekend, I think, Catherine? yeah. Um, I will say really quick about the, the the races with the most ridiculous names. I think the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix yes. takes the cake for ridiculous oh, names. Absolutely. But yeah, my, my weekend was pretty chill. I watched a lot of motor racing. I watched all the F1 Academy stuff, which we will do an F1 Academy season recap at some point in the not too distant future, probably. Um, but we will, we will recap, um, recap all of it. It was really great. Um, and then I, I chilled and lie down on the couch and my cat has an ear infection. So we've been dealing with that. Um, mm-hmm. her, her aunt came over to clean her ears out the other day and she was not happy about it at all. Poor little kitty. Yeah. But anyway, um, overall, what were your thoughts on, on this, this race weekend as a whole? I mean, we all know we hate mm, sprint, re- yeah. sprint weekends. Um, yeah. Um, but I thought, I mean, it was so nice to see Coda. I like the track, regardless that it's, like, in my backyard, basically. 
um, or my old backyard. Um, I just like races there. I think Austin does a really good job putting on races, regardless if they're a sprint weekend or not. Um, but I did like to see that it was a little bit more of a competitive field. Um, it wasn't just Max doing Max things the entire time, for the most part. You know, there was some some competition <laughs> at some point. It helped that he started P6. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a good race weekend, so... Yeah, as, I mean, as a Red Bull fan, I was very stressed toward the end of that race. Don't you roll your eyes at me? Um, it's called I mean, competition. I, it's good for it, it's good for us. It Gets is the heart pumping, and it and it was. Um, but but yeah, I, I thought it was it was a it was a fine weekend. It wasn't great. Um, the sprint um, race weekend kind of really detracted from what could have been a great race weekend, I feel like. Um, but you know, overall, I just, I just love the spectacle that is Kota. It's so different from the other two American races that we have on the calendar. Cause you know, Miami is just ridiculous. And then Vegas is just going to be next level insanity. So it's, it's really nice to see, you know, the, American version of a prototypical European race, I think is kind of the, the way to, to compare it. Yeah. And I know we don't touch on this a lot on this podcast, but can we just like give a round of applause to everyone buying in to the fashion of this weekend and showing oh my God, up yes. in their Texas finest? Mm-hmm. Obsessed. Loved it. It's so funny yeah. to see like these F1 drivers show up in like boots and jeans and belt buckles and like their button-up shirts and stuff and cowboy hats and and some of them like obviously making fun of it but some of them doing it so traditionally like I'm here in Texas obsessed I loved it it was so great yeah so fun to we see. talk about Joe Guan Yu a lot in his fashion sense and he knocked it out of the park this weekend and we'll talk about the helmet that he had later um but even like fashion wise he just he took the cowboy theme and he ran with it perfectly but not in like an overdoing it way of like making fun he was like taking it in stride and made it so high fa- I'm obsessed. I yeah, Joe Guan Yu gets my uh, season fashion award. Lewis needs oh, to yeah. take a step to the side because uh, Joe's giving him a run for his money, I have to say. Uh, but anyways, that was the biggest highlight for me for the weekend was the fashion, honestly, because yeah. like you said, the race was pretty mundane. But I do think Austin puts on a good a good race. Again, biased, but anyways... Oh, no, With that being said, should we hop into our hot lap recap? Absolutely. So as as we said, you know, it was a max domination kind of weekend. He battled Lewis Hamilton in the sprint, but mostly competed against an ill-timed gust of wind to win that depressingly boring sprint race that nobody enjoyed. Yeah. Um, And then moving on to Sunday, Max went and again won um, the Grand Prix race. And he it became the fifth F1 driver to win 50 races in his career, which is a really big milestone for, for any driver. So it's exciting that he got that. Again, I don't love Max, but I do appreciate his talent in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, that, that victory and that uh, success of 50 wins and being the second fastest racer to do it was promptly overshadowed when Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc were disqualified from the race for failing a post-race inspection. Oops. Oopsie. But those qualifications did promote Logan Sargent to P10, which makes him the first American driver to score points since 1993. So it's been, what, 30 years 
uh, yeah. since an American driver scored a point. So unfortunate for Lewis and Charles, but very exciting for Logan to get a point in a home, when his second of three home races, we're calling it. So good for him. Yeah, I also love the the social media reactions from from the teams with like the the scribbling out. Alpine's was Alpine. amazing. Alpine wins. Yeah. Alpine has such good social media. I absolutely can't. I was dying laughing. I was like sending it to everybody, even if they don't like F one. I was like, gold. This is just you know social media gold. Obsessed. Yeah. So if you didn't if you didn't see what happened, um, they basically said they they had somebody go in, in like Microsoft Paint and cross out um, Pierre Gasly's original result and put P six just like written down and in the caption they said the admin's off so this was the best that we could do. The the graphic designer is off so admin yeah. did their best in Paint. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Loved yeah. it. It was great. <sighs> so good. So. Going back to Catherine, our our third point in our recap of Lewis and Charles being disqualified. Do you want to kind of walk us through what exactly happened, why they got disqualified, why it matters, kind of that whole thing? Because I know, like, I understand it pretty well, but some people that I was talking to of like, because I was like, oh my gosh, Carlos made podium now, and they're like, wait, how, what? And I was like, oh well. Um, Lewis was disqualified, so that moves Carlos up. And they're like, but why? I don't understand. So for the lay humans, would you like to give a, a nice synopsis on this? Yeah, so basically, the let's start with what the problem was itself. And the problem was with a wood plank that is placed on the floor of a car called a skid, um, which was introduced in 1994 um, to ensure that the cars don't run too close to the ground, um, which, you know, we for, Formula One likes cars that are down to the ground because it maximizes downforce. But when you go too far to, uh, to the ground, um, you are at the higher risk of the car bottoming out and crashing, which um, in 1994, this was introduced mid-season because um, there were a couple of um, major Formula One drivers who had died due to, you know, crashing. And so this was to implement more, more safety regulations into the sport. Um, so this wood plank is supposed to be um, 10 millimeters thick going into the race weekend. And due to, quote, natural wear of the race, it can be at minimum nine millimeters thick following. So what happened with Lewis and Charles is that their skids were deemed as to have been worn too far. So they were less than nine millimeters, which immediately made their car um, ineligible and disqualified them. So that's kind of that in a nutshell. So their car was not in regulation. Yeah, it was, it was not in compliance with the rules. Um, and the teams, justification is not the right word, but the way that the teams presented it to the stewards was that due to the way that, that they're in Park Ferme after the first hour of competition on the race weekend due to the sprint format, which is probably going to be changing after this year because of a situation like this, that they didn't have the chance to A, do more testing, especially since Mercedes was running a different floor, a new floor, it was their upgrade, 
um, that they they didn't, you know, that they, they kind of had to guess. Um, and the stewards basically responded and said that no matter, you know, when a car goes into Park Ferme or not, um, the team is still um, required to ensure that the car is compliant throughout the entirety of a race weekend. Um, and I watched a video this morning from the race actually that broke it down into a lot of detail um, that added that um, this happened to Alpine or this didn't happen to Alpine because Alpine knew that they were going to be at risk for too much skid plate um, degradation um, in Baku, which is why I think one of their cars started from the pit lane in Baku so that they could fix it so that they wouldn't be in breach following um, the Baku race. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So what they're so saying it's... basically is you should have accounted for it, and if you didn't and you knew there was a problem, you should have started from the pit lane and replaced the part. Exactly. So that And that was something that they could have done, um, and, and bo- both teams kind of acknowledged that they could have done that, but they you know chose not to because, you know, Lewis qualified really well Points. and Charles was on pole. Points, things like that. Um, so it's, it's they, and they, they, they realized, they, they acknowledged that they, they screwed up. Toto said that they were going to take it on the chin, so they're not going to appeal um, the disqualification, which means Ferrari's not either. They have, an, they have enough issues issues going on um but but yeah it's it's uh the teams do kind of you know ev- everyone pushes the boundaries of regulations as much as possible um and this was really just um you know it's they didn't get caught out or anything but obviously the sprint schedule really negatively impacted the team's ability to make sure that the car was in compliance uh so yeah so, Another reason so why basically we don't like the sprint uh weekend. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. And it's it's just it's overall, you know, it, it helped Perez out. Um, but but overall it's just it's it's not something that you that you really, you know, wanna see. Yeah. And so something else I just want wanted to ask and you kinda confirmed it was, you know, if this comes out, if there is a regulation that is or if someone's summoned to the stewards and they find something wrong with the car, they're not in compliance. They do have the opportunity to appeal it, but both Ferrari and Mercedes have already come out and said that they're not going to, right? Yeah, this this is basically a cut and dry type of situation where, you know, when they 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 were out of regulation, there there's there's no wiggle room for this. Like when when um Fernando got his P3 reinstated um earlier on this season, there was um wiggle room in the lack of clarification on what it means to be working on the car during a pit stop when you're serving a penalty. So the the FIA basically said, "Well, you know, we can't penalize you for having a jack touching the car because we haven't said that you can't have a jack touching the car but then next week they're gonna say you cannot have anything touching the car that is considered yeah so so that was a case where it was reinstated because there was some wiggle room in the regulation and there was no wiggle room in this um and another question and this is a question that my dad asked last night when we were discussing this um that i i I looked into because um the f1 website actually did an explainer on this is if lewis and charles were found out of compliance why aren't carlos and george also out of compliance and basically f1 says that um, they're, 
they can't just check every single car because that would take too long and they've got to get these cars on transports to the next race. So the reason why they pick um, either random allocations or specifically the top four cars in the field to look into, because they also looked at uh, Max's and Lando's cars for this same skid plank. Um, and basically it's, it's not an if then type situation of if Lewis is out of compliance, then George must be also. Um, but it is, to kind of make sure that the teams are staying honest and that you know they they everybody has the opportunity to be checked so that you should keep your car in in compliance as much as possible um so trying to kind of minimize you know as you know cheating so to speak yep awesome no, that's a really good point because yeah. I I didn't even think of that honestly because well but I know that only certain cars get checked and so but it is a good question to raise of you know if if there's these how many more were out of compliance but yeah the uh, the transport to Mexico has to happen at some point so. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So they, they have to get these cars going. They have to, like, because they, they, they take almost everything. Anything that's branded or modular, everything in those garage, that all gets taken from track to track. Um, and those are, you know, we, we've seen times where, you know, they've been, you know, Haas was held up um, for, for transport earlier this season. And so they, they you know, got a, a special, you know, allowance from the FIA to work on the car later because they were, you know, running late because of, a plane got delayed in Turkey at some point. So it, it's, you know, and it was their transport uh, plane the, too those... that was delayed. So it wasn't even Haas's fault because the FIA coordinates a lot of this travel and a lot of this um, moving and shaking, if you will. So it was something that happened exactly. within their little bubble of transport um, completely out of Haas's control, which is why they allowed them to, to have that extra time. Yeah, so so a lot of so some people were saying like you then if if this is going to happen then you have to check every car but there's just no way that they're going to be able to check every car. Um, and speaking of who is doing the checking, it is the FIA technical delegate Joe Bauer who was celebrating his 500th race in Formula One at Cota. Um, and um, Crofty and Martin Brundle mentioned it pre-race and had no idea that they were going to be foreshadowing um, something significant because it was Joe Bauer who signed off on sending Charles and Lewis to the stewards after he did those checks on the car. Yeah. Well, what a 500 we race had no for idea. him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when it's all said and done, we have a different podium because Lewis was disqualified. So all said and done, yeah. the podium of the weekend was Max P1, Lando P2, and Carlos P3. Yes. Which makes me happy. I'm, I'm, you know, Lando's yeah. growing on me. I've always really liked him, but for some reason this season, it's I'm so happy to see him doing well. I have a feeling he's just going to continue getting, like, P2s, P3s, and never win, because I feel like no one's going to beat Max for the rest of the season. However, I'd like to see it. He's had 100 races under his belt now without a win, and he's been up there several times, so, um, yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I would also love to see. I, I We've talked about this before on the pod. Like, if, if there are two drivers that I would love to see beat Max, it would be Fernando and Lando. Um, yeah. And it was it was awesome to see Lando leading the race for as long as he did, even though they kind of, they knew that their race wasn't for P1. Um, so it was it was, it was was nice to see. And it was, um, you know, he, he's, he's really battled and he's, he's going to get that win soon, definitely. Yeah, I think if not this season, next season, definitely. Um, I think he's just, you know, his stock just is continuing to rise. So, Um, but again, kind of taking a step back and looking at um, our poor disqualified drivers, Lewis and Charles, they had both had very different days. Yeah. Very different days. Massively different. I was very excited to see Lewis kind of back in, let's say, Lewis form. Um, he looked really yeah. good, and he, yeah, I, I, the entire time I was like, oh my gosh, Catherine's gonna have to say that Lewis is on the podium. Lewis is in B two. Lewis is, in B. and then, <laughs> and I was just like, this is so great. This is so great. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And then he didn't. And then he didn't. No, it, it was it's really funny that like we had a master class versus a disaster class between Lewis and Charles, because um, Lewis had he had a great weekend overall. Um, and if if they had you know if if a Mercedes was in compliance and b they had pitted him a lap or two earlier, he could have really caused Max some serious problems, especially because Max was dealing with some very problematic brake issues that were stressing him out um toward the end of the race and he he was really getting into it with gp his race engineer and basically every time gp spoke he yelled at him for speaking because i guess he needed you know silence to listen to the brakes or whatever we we don't really know why max didn't want gp to talk but yeah there there was a lot of yelling yeah no and then charles poor charles just falling victim to the ferrari strategy once again at least it wasn't carlos this time but um, That's but true. No, Charles just had such a rough day. The one stop I was, I don't know, just, I don't know. But I think personally, okay, so all of these people coming out for races and they're like, well, we don't have data on sprint race weekends and complaining so much. I feel like they're just doing that to get the FIA to listen to change the schedule so that the format is different. I really think that's what it is. Yeah. Like they, I mean, these, yes, these cars are very like, you know, finicky and they need as much data as they, you know, need to make one small decision. However, I feel like at this point they're just blasting sprint weekends to blast them because everyone hates them. And the more that they make noise about it, the more likely maybe something will change. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, even just like, and we've, we've talked about this so many times before, but even going back to last season's format gives you two practice sessions. Um, and I think that they need to, inst- they, you know, they need to reinstitute FP2 um, so that you can do some long run, you know, work. And I know people are saying, you know, people can push back on that by saying, well, you know, why, you know, why do they need practice sessions? You know, that it, you know, that all part of the challenge will make the sport harder and will probably make, you know, you know teams better but then you have you know uh and or make things more exciting but then you have these situations where the cars don't have enough time before they go into park Ferme, and all of a sudden you're getting your favorite driver disqualified yeah so we need to get rid of sprint weekends <laughs> we've decided also that yeah yeah once I mean, again the on the going off bad. track podcast we've decided we've decided the sprints aren't 
bad the concept, but the format is terrible. Do something. I love this idea that people have been floating about like a reverse grid start. Love that. Oh Let's yeah. Let's do something. Love that. Have it mean something. Have that be quality. Anything. I don't know. Don't care. Just change it. I'm over it. Can't talk about it anymore. Talking about the sprint, literally nothing yeah. happened. Max won. Yeah, he struggled against a gust of wind, and that's it. And if you want further criticisms of the sprint format and you haven't listened to the Qatar Grand Prix recap that we did, then just go listen to that because we go on for, uh, about that for a few minutes on A, how much we hate it, and B, how to fix it. Yeah. God, I just I can't even talk about them because I hate them so much. Also, it's so frustrating it's and it's we just hate so them bad so much and we just want them to be over. We're like, oh, it's the last one. And then it's like, God dang it. And it Brazil. wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. But we, I think we have it so much in our head that we hate them and we want them to be over with. And we're just like, oh, last one. Done. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, Brazil. Yeah. I yeah. I, I mean, I, I miscounted, but we totally forgot about Brazil. Um, but yeah, it just, it's just, it's like, it's just. As as a newer Formula One fan, I can imagine I, I can't even imagine what like people who have been watching Formula One for years are going through, you know, enduring these format changes that have just been bad. Yeah. They're just bad. We've decided they're bad. Yeah. Needs to change. Done. Um, but again, Max did have a, a good sprint and he won his fiftieth career race and he did it while he was battling a bunch of issues and yelling at GP and just doing Max things. It's his 15th race win in a row, which... In the, in the season. In the season, sorry. In the season. Um, sorry, there's just so many records, I can't keep track of which one he's breaking and making. Um, and again, yeah. I will state this for the umpteenth time. Ready for the season to be over. Ready for 2024. Let's get a new, <laughs> new, new things rolling here, because I'm really tired of talking about how good Max is doing. Uh, I'm not. I know you're not, Captain. No, the, the, I know. Yeah, the the other thing that um, they're they're talking about, which is kind of like a is it really a thing kind of record, is that he broke his own record for points scored in a season, which doesn't really count because the points format is so different than what it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So it's like, oh yeah, he's you know he and Lewis have more points than than Michael Schumacher. Well, of course they have more points than Michael Schumacher. He had There's a different more point points scale available. Yeah. It's yeah, so which I think is is better for the sport. I I like that there's more points available, um, but yeah, I'm just like so it's 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 one of those records that you know obviously it's not just for the Wikipedia page thanks Toto Wolf, um, but it is it is one of the lesser important records, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I it's an asterisk record if you ask me. That's what I call them, like ones that are kind of there but like not really. It's like an asterisk because there's like a well, but because this, and I'm like, it's not real in my life. So, Max yeah, doesn't need to be exactly. keeping track of any more records. We don't need to talk about him any more than we have to. <sighs> but someone I do want to talk about, and yeah. Highlight. And I feel like he deserves a little bit of limelight on this podcast because we did dig so hard into him earlier in the year. Yeah. Logan Sargent, my man, yeah, sole American in his second of three home races, scored a point. <laughs> Finally scored a point. And by De scored a point, we mean because... he was promoted. <laughs> yes, he was promoted. De facto points. 
because other people were disqualified. Point nonetheless. And he no longer has a goose egg next to his name. He has one point. Very happy for him. Very exciting. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, he, I think finishing P12, I think that might have either tied for his, his best finish before the disqualifications or was his best finish. Um, so e- either way, this is the upward trajectory that Williams is looking for when they're considering whether or not they're going to keep him for next season. Yeah, and this can only help him. I mean, yeah, it was P12, but he still got a point at the end of the day. Because when you look at numbers at the end of a season, he still has a point versus like, oh, you scored no points for us. We're not going to give you your seat back next year. We're going to give it to somebody else. Um, So hopefully James Vowles is happy with his performance this weekend. Yeah, and he was the first American to score points in a Formula One race in 30 years since Michael Andretti in 1993. Um, And I point that out because his dad um, is trying to get a uh, F1 team on the grid in potentially 2025. Um, And and we've talked about the Andretti-Cadillac partnership. They have, you know, passed the FIA's set of qualifications and are now waiting on the FOM, Formula One Media, to make their decision. Um, But at the moment, it looks pretty positive the uh, FIA president is basically saying that the F1 teams can't say no um, which I don't really know how true that is because he he kind of gets himself into trouble with the things that he says sometimes um, and and that's why he's he's less and less in in, in the public these days but um, it, it, it's it's still one of those things that's up in the air and we're still waiting on the the official announcements which probably won't happen until sometime in 2024 but when they do We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Along with any contract um, updates that are coming up. God, I miss my contract update. R.I.P. I do too. That's a fun segment. I know. I know. Well, um, we'll have we'll have one within the next couple of months. <laughs> or like in February, whenever they actually truly decide who's going to take the other Williams seat. But um, it'll probably be sometime in November. Yeah, probably. God, good luck, Logan Sargent. May the odds be ever in your favor. Um, So something else that happened this weekend that I was like, there's no way. Really? Are you sure? This is weird. Has this ever happened before? We had four cars starting from the pit lane this weekend. (laughs) Which, yeah, I always think it's so funny because it's like, go sit in timeout. It's like the equivalent of like the hockey, um, the hockey box. And I'm just like, go sit in The penalty box, yeah. The penalty box, yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. I just think it's funny how they're all doing their formation lap. You got four cars just sitting in the pit lane, just, you know, chilling. Um, but yeah, so both Aston Martins and both Haases had to start from the pit lane because they had upgrades, um, that were actually downgrades and they had some issues with their car. So they, um, all had essentially had to start from the pit lane. They had to work on their car, make edits to their car, update it before the race so that means that they had to start from the pit lane as a penalty um but lance ended up getting points which is very somehow like lance how yeah unlike lance and you know the all of his and he was running their new floor yeah he he was running the new floor which was causing them problems and fernando was running the old floor um that ended up causing him problems even though he had a phenomenal sprint race he was one of the one of the few highlights because he fit he went from like p7 into the, the points um but yeah lance somehow ended up in in the points um and 
but the the Ferrari or not Ferrari the Aston Martin down, uh, upgrades are serious downgrades and then the Haases were in the pit lane because their their setup was just wrong so they had to make some wing adjustments that you're not allowed to do in Park Ferme um with without going into the pit lane yeah and Catherine I know we've mentioned Park Ferme a few times and I know what it is you know what it is but for those who don't know what it is can you give us like a quick two-second definition yeah, park for me is basically, it means you can't touch the car anymore. You can't make changes to the car settings. You can, th- there are some minor things that you can do. You can make adjustments to the wing. You can obviously, or not the wing, the, 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 front, the front wing. Um, you can change your nose, but you can't replace parts. You can't, you know, you can't make a lot of changes to the car. And it's basically the car that you qualify for with is the car that you race. Um, and so anytime you change, you are going to be penalized in, in some way. And for the most part, penalties like that can t- uh, tend to be starting from the pit lane. Perfect. Thank you. And that's why we make such a big deal about the sprint weekends because they have qualifying on Friday, but then they have a whole day of racing in Park Ferme technically and then they have the race on Sunday so it really takes away time to work on settings of the car you know update the car make changes if needed it really takes away that time make sure the car is in compliance yeah make sure the car is in compliance um so there's things like that that are affected on sprint weekends another reason why we hate them so in, in other news, um, Ocon and Piastri collided on lap one. Piastri had a terrible weekend. He did not do well he in the did. sprint. Um, he, and, and then poor, poor Esteban, he ended up with a, with a giant hole in his side pod. So he had to, um, he, he had to, had to retire with damage, I think on lap 10. Um, and yeah, with, with so much hype for, for the, the new Alpine investors. And then all of a sudden you've got Ocon retiring and get, and Gasly finished pretty solidly in the points but just had a really anonymous race yeah again where is Pierre Gasly I rest my case (laughs) very anonymous um I felt so bad for Piastri I I mean I think I put him on my podium for everything and I called him for everything that I could this weekend um he's been looking so so good and I it's just I feel like it's a very uncharacteristic uh, race weekend for him like he it did it wasn't the same driver that we've been seeing for the previous few gps yeah no absolutely it was it was definitely not what pardon it was it was not what we were expecting uh from our rookie phenom no i hope that he um can kind of take it in stride and and come back in mexico though next weekend um yeah i I mean obviously it's you know damage is is hard to avoid Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously <laughs> the damage, but, um, and that's, you know, who knows what happened there. If it was him, if it was Akon, it looked kind of like just situational, both of them maybe at the same time. Um, but yeah. yeah, hopefully he can um, bounce back from Mexico and have another solid performance and land himself on the podium. Um, and then we come to poor Yuki. God bless him. <laughs> He had a great weekend. Yuki. Poor Yuki, he but had did. a great weekend. Poor Yuki had a great weekend. So he was being pitted on the last lap for fastest lap. So they were going to put some softs on, get him a point for fastest lap. Um, but no one told him that was going on. So he's like just going down the pit lane and he thought that something was wrong with the car and that's why they called him in and he was being retired. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, we're pitting you for, we're pitting you for fastest lap. Because his teammate, Danny Ricardo, who was driving with damage, which is why he, he didn't perform as well as we would yeah. have hoped for his, his return weekend. Because he also had a good sprint. He finished P12, um, yeah. which is, is comparatively solid for a guy who hasn't raced and had a broken hand. Um, so they, you know, because Ricardo had fastest lap but was out of the points, he wouldn't have gotten that fastest lap point. So AlphaTauri made the really smart decision um, to Th- uh, to toss some some softs on Yuki's car because he had enough space between him and the guy behind him in P11. Uh, uh, Albon, it was Albon, of course. Um, so he he got fastest lap um, and and got you know a couple extra points because they're battling with Haas for tenth place at the moment in the constructors' standings. God I know, bless battling him. for tenth. Or battling yeah, for ninth, battle. technically. Uh, still a battle. Yeah, they're they're battling. They're they're fighting because that's still that's still millions of dollars in prize and development money that they'll be able to use for next season. Whoever whoever gets that, so it, it's they they they've got a lot to work for these last four races. Yeah, and I think people Matt's forget hard. that. Like, there's the development money. There's the the money amongst the standings, and you know from. P one to P two to P three, P four, P five, all the way down to ten. Like the the change in dollars you get for that is a really big deal. So when everyone's like, oh well, Max has already won, Red Bull already won, like why do I need to watch? It's not competitive anymore. It really is, especially for like P two, P three, P four. There's a pretty tight race with uh, Ferrari, Mercedes, and is it still Aston Martin or has uh, uh, no Mc- McLaren? McLaren, McLaren moved out right? this week. Yeah, yeah. So between those, there's, you know, it's a really tight race, and there's, like, millions and millions and millions of dollars difference between those positions. So it is still competitive, even though Red Bull's already secured the constructors. So, yeah. That's why you should keep watching. Exactly. Uh, And so speaking to one of the other highlights of this weekend, um, we had a ton of specialty-themed helmets that um, were, I think, for the most part, they were all pretty great, but we, um, so there, there were eight, um, specially designed helmets for, um, the U S Grand Prix. Um, and, and we just, we, we wouldn't shut up about them in our DMs. So we have to talk about them here on the podcast. Um, cause they were, just, they were we so do. great. Yeah. It's a, it's a must. It's a must. Yes. Yeah. Our, um, our top two of the helmets, um, my personal number one, I think your personal number one too, was Charles Leclerc, his football field helmet. It was green. It had his numbers in white. It was flawless. It was really cool. I mean, it made him look a little bit like a Christmas like ornament in his car with like all the red and the green. However... Yeah. I loved it, the Texas football thing. It was his 100th race, so it had, like, um, a little bit of that on there as well. Or his 100th race with Ed Ferrari. Ferrari. At Ferrari, thank you. Um, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself with another helmet. Um, but I thought it was really cool, really cool concept. And it didn't, like, take the, you know, Texas America theme to, like, a weird level. Um, I liked the nod to, to the football, and, and I really liked it. Another one I really, really liked was Lando Norris's. Oh, so yeah, yeah, he, His, I think the concept was so cool. I love that he did it, even though it was, like, uh, the uh, U.S. Grand Prix. Um, so it was Lando Norris's 100th race, and so he had, like, stickers all over his helmet representing all 100 of his races, and it had, like, his his name and cool designs like I loved it I thought it was so so cool 
really neat design, really cool. And then he also, um, like, you could buy certain stickers, too, like, through his um, merchandising or whatever he does. You could buy some of the stickers, too, which I think is pretty cool, so... Yeah, he also had stickers on his race boots um, with mm -hmm. that day was his 100th race. We also should add that it was also George Russell's 100th Formula One race. Um, George just didn't do anything to, to celebrate it on the weekend because uh, he's been having a little bit of a rough time. Um, but Lando did, a, Lando did the celebrating for the both of them, and they, they had a, a cute little video that, they, that the F1 put out with a little retrospective. Um, oh, it was, it was during the pre-show of um, some like milestones of their careers. That was that was really really nice. Yeah, it was. Um, so going back to my previous comment of like the we overdone like stars and stripes, Carlos signs like love him, but I hated his helmet. It was just like a normal one, but instead of like the yellow, it was blue, and there was a big star. I get that it's different, but I just I personally didn't like it. Yeah, if we're comparing, I think um, Nico Hulkenberg had a similar, you know, stars and stripey kind of American-inspired helmet, but I think he did it a little bit better than Carlos's. Um, and then his teammate, Kevin Magnuson, his was very Route 66-inspired. It was kind of chaotic, um, but I see what he was going for. I think there was just a lot of splatter paint that they could have done without, um, but it was, it was a really cool one, and there were some really cute videos of him with his little daughter um, oh in, in the garage that were just adorable. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. The whole, like, not the whole weekend, but there were a ton of videos and pictures of her, like, walking down the pit lane and in the garage, and I was just like, I, this is the cutest thing ever. So yeah. cute. It's so weird to see him as, like, a calm dad. Yeah. After the, uh, the, the door incident that... The fox um, smashed my door. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then Daniel Ricardo, I think we talked about his helmet a little bit on, um the preview podcast for Coda, but he uh, had a honey badger on it wearing a Texas football jersey because he loves the Longhorns, he loves Austin, he loves Texas. Um, he was wearing, like, horns gear all weekend long, which is really yeah. cool. He's just adopted Texas and Austin as his, like, second home. Um, but his was pretty cool. But I don't know. I think maybe my favorite was Shogun Yu's. Just because it was so different and so cool. Yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like it before. All of the other drivers, you know, it's very F1 helmet-y design, whatever. But Zhou Guan Yu's looked so cool. So it was, like, an embossed leather helmet. Obviously, yeah. it was leather, but it looked like it, and it was so cool and so different. I just, again, give him and whoever he's working with on design props because he's had some really incredible helmets this year. Um, but I think this is by far my favorite one that he's had. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the last one was um, Pierre Gasly had a custom helmet to um, honor a, an, a former French driver who had, I, I think he, he died while racing, Francois Sever, um, who, um, so he, he was honoring him as a very nice, very, very classy helmet, um, just uh, with, with all the Americana theme ones, I didn't want to forget um, that, you know, Gas, Gasly had a, one that was a little bit more meaningful. No, no. And it was a, it looked really nice and it's always nice when they do something to honor someone. Um, I like all those helmets, the, the honorary ones. So that yeah, is kind of our yeah. recap for the weekend. And now taking a look at how we did on our predictions. I know that I did horrible <laughs> and that's totally fine. Most of this is just fun because, you know, 
it is what it is. If there, if we have money in this, then I uh, would maybe take this a little bit more, you know, seriously. I think a lot of this is just extreme aspiration. Um, but You're saying anyways. this, but you also picked the Sunday podium. I did? Oh my God, wait, I did. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, okay, so I'm, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, no, because I'm still thinking like in terms of um, Russell winning and I didn't even like go back to recheck it because I was like, oh, I didn't pick Russell yeah. like my podium is, is screwed. Oh my God, I'm so good at this, Catherine. We're coming back. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, we, we forgot that, that Carlos got promoted oh to the podium and that Lando got moved up to P2. So, yeah, you, you did nail yes. one part of it. And to, to skip down to the Sunday podium, um, so you picked Max Lando Carlos and I picked Max Lando Fernando. Um, so five for six, but with yeah. you getting, you know, 100 for 100. Oh, my gosh. I, I, what do I get now? I want a prize. <laughs> We've, have we ever picked a podium perfectly? <laughs> I don't know if we have. Maybe no. We have. no. No, I don't think haven't. so. Oh, God. I'm so good at this. This is why we're here. Yeah. This is why we do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so kind of flip-flopping around a little bit. Um, sprint poll, we both were very high on the papayas. We each picked um, a McLaren driver. You picked Lando. I picked Oscar. And it was Max. Big shocker. For the sprint yeah, podium. we had no idea that it was going to be, you know, Max was gonna, just going to take Saturday and own own it completely. Also, Lewis came out of left field. I mean, I knew that he was doing better and Mercedes was bringing upgrades, but he really came out of left field. Um, so he did get yeah. second in the sprint. Charles got third, and we both had Max winning, and then you had Lando, Oscar, the, the I had two Oscar Lando. Yeah, the two papayas. We were big on the papayas this weekend. Unfortunately, they Oops. did not do great. And then Sprint P8, we each picked a Aston Martin. You picked Lance. I picked Fernando. And it was George. We haven't talked about yep. George at all this weekend or today. He didn't. He was pretty anonymous. No, very, very much so. And then Sunday poll, again, sticking with the papayas. You had Oscar. I had Lando. Um, but it was Charles Leclerc. Out of yeah, nowhere. I feel like he's been a little forgotten lately, but um, he came back. Yeah, and he he had a heart attack in the car um, because you know, as as is typical with with Ferrari race engineers, they kind of gave him half the message. Um, So if if you missed it, Max um, he had the fast he he had provisional pole, um, but he was called for track limits, so his time was deleted. And when they told Charles that, they told them that there was a time deletion, but didn't tell him it was Max. So he thought he lost his time um and so he was like punching the steering wheel and he was upset until they clarified that it was max who had the time deletion and that he was on pole um and that was the high of his weekend because sunday was a nightmare for him poor guy poor guy yeah Uh, and then moving into our p10 like we've been saying logan Sargent got p10 after the disqualifications we both picked daniel ricardo but danny did have a rough um, race day on Sunday for some damage, um, some pretty big damage that he was nursing throughout the um, the race. So we did not get that one right. Uh, biggest surprise. Um, <laughs> oops. Oopses. Um, so you said that Aston Martin is going to have a big 
bounce back this weekend. I said Haas is going to have double points this weekend. Both were very, very not nope. right. But, you know, Lance getting points is a bounce back. It's not a double bounce back, but it is semi-bounce back from... He's had a, some I've, really big struggles, so I'll give you I'll give you half credit on that one. Sure, I mean you're you're a little bit more generous than I am because I just think that these these upgrades that they brought really just aren't were not help, helping. Um, but I'll I'll take half credit. And um, sorry about your Haas yeah. prediction. Oh, it's fine. It was a again aspirational. Um, I feel like Aston Martin too just needs to stop with the upgrades because they're downgrades. Yeah, they just need to take take what they can get and I think focus on the 2024 car. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then as for who's going to do a dumb, you said Alpine. Alcon uh, did have his third DNF in four races, so not great. Um, and then I just said Oops. Checo. And unfortunately, he had a decent weekend, so... He was fine. Yeah, he he is. He's thirty nine points up on Lewis now. Um, Lewis came out of the weekend with only seven points after losing that eighteen, um, so that yeah. gives him a little bit of breathing room. Um, I, I I know he's not your favorite, but I do hope that this takes a little bit of the pressure off of him for Mexico, so he can just focus yeah. on having a good home race weekend. Yes. We'll and then we can have go back to the bloodbath, you know, for the last two, uh, for the last couple of races. I'll be nice um, next week for his home race. <laughs> um, for a but minute. yeah, so moral of the story for Austin: we hate the sprints. Yep, it, it's it's horrible. It needs to change. Um, I think it will change because I, I don't think that the teams are going to let this, you know, inability to ensure that their cars are in compliance um, go on for for another season, um, especially when we when we have all, all these risks and it's forcing the teams to do things out of character, like having to start in the pit lane. Um, that yeah. said, love Austin. We've got to go next year. Um, Want to see this in year. person. We're going to go. Yeah, we have to go. We gotta it's in go. My backyard. It'll be in my true backyard next year because next year at Austin I'll be back in the U.S. So we're going. We'll yeah. Be there. So 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 here here's to us going next year. But up next, up next we have our Mexico predictions episode, which will be out on Thursday. We are going back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, I'm not traveling this weekend. You guys are all so welcome. Um, but, but that has been it for the podcast and thanks for going off track with us guys.